Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. recognize that uh, this, this is my father's world. Beautiful. Well, it looks like we're going to come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, I think. <laughs> so I'd like you to turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And beginning at verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, 
And the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, we come to you again in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we ask, O oh Father, that you speak to our hearts. We pray that our hearts will be open and receptive to your truth. We pray that our hearts will be honest with you and with ourselves. Lord, we pray, speak to us by thy Holy Spirit to the honor to the glory of your dear Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, giving thanks. And so here, Jesus basically sums up everything that he's been teaching throughout this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount for the last several weeks, a couple of two or three months, I guess. And here he sums it all up in the end portion of the sermon. So first of all, he says, by their fruits you will know them. Beware of false prophets. You know, there are a lot of talented people. People with the gift of gab, with the, the gift of being able to speak. And they can sell you, you know, uh, what is that? The beachfront property in Arizona? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord knows those who are truly His. And God's people are supposed to be able to tell the difference as well. And I'll tell you, in this Sunday school lesson this morning, the false teachers that troubled the church, and not just the church in Thessalonica, but all through the centuries, beginning in the first century in the, the infant church, and up into the current day, there have always been false teachers, false prophets, and others who teach damnable heresies and bring such confusion into the church and into the lives of people, into the lives of believers. But the Lord says you can know them by their fruits. Now, appearances can be deceiving. I remember one time I was at this uh, uh, revival, and this gentleman was, was preaching, and, uh, and he was preaching about appearances. And then he did something I thought it, it, was, it was great. I, I thought about doing that several times, but uh, I don't know, I just never got around to doing it. But he, he walked out in front of the, in front of the, um, the pulpit, and he, he took his coat off. And under his coat, his, his shirt was all torn up and dirty and stained and everything. You couldn't see it, 
because it was hidden behind his, his suit coat. But then when he took his coat off, because he was making a point, all of this you could see, the stains, and it was torn and ripped. And he said, you know, there are a lot of church members who live their lives. They look on the outward as though their lives are lovely and pure. Oh, but on the inside. Mm. And there are many teachers that way. Many, many, many teachers who are that way. And we could bring in the politicians. We, we brought them in during the Sunday school. You know, a group of people who should be working <coughs> to bring the country together as one. There is strength in unity, working to bring people together for the good of the country and for the good of the rest of the world. And yet, they will destroy another human being and their family just to get their way. And there are pastors of churches who do that. And there are deacons who do that. And Sunday school teachers and committee members, etc., etc. There are so many people who have this personal desire for power. But worse than all of that is to teach or to preach God's word inaccurately. To teach a lie. To teach heresy. It is wrong to do so. It's terrible. Now, turn to the first chapter in the book of Galatians. And I've mentioned this before. People think that you know all of these, uh, these, these churches in the first century were just perfect churches, but they, they weren't. They had tremendous problems. Now notice what the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, says. Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. He says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Which is not another, because there's only one gospel. There are all kinds of people who, who call what they teach the gospel, but it's not. There really is only one true gospel. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, notice that? Paul says, even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now, the translators make it very palatable. In the Greek, it's damned to hell. You understand that? What does he say? Damned to hell. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. 
It is wicked and evil, and we go back here to Matthew, to teach the gospel and to do so inaccurately. We bear the responsibility to ensure that what we teach and what we preach and what we believe is true. As revealed in God's holy word, we are saved by God's grace and not by works. There are some who teach that you must work your way to heaven. You will never be able to work your way to heaven. You will never be able to purchase salvation because salvation was purchased by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And only His blood, only His blood is acceptable to the Father. All of the sacrifices of the Old Testament that were practiced were foreshadows of the ultimate sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We are saved by Him and by Him alone. Jesus says here, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. In other words, what do they stand for? What do they support? What causes do they champion? Are those causes and those positions that they take, are they consistent with the scripture? Or are they inconsistent? Because if you take a position that is inconsistent with what the Bible teaches, then you are a false prophet. You notice, we're not to preach our opinion. Oh, there are so many who preach their own opinion. We're not to preach opinions. We're to preach God's holy word, his truth, as it is written. And notice what he says here. He uses some examples from nature, fruit trees. Well, you know, you know that you have a peach tree because it, it produces fruit, uh, peaches, right? <laughs> but you can be fooled these days. I was walking at Star Nursery, and I think I've shared this with you before. Now they have... As long as you have a tree, you can um, graft in some other trees, okay, and types of fruit, so that they can have a tree that will produce plums and peaches and apricots. Plum clumps, they call them. Plum, plum, plum clumps, yeah, something like that. All right. And fluots and all these other, but multiple, multiple fruit on one tree. Now, you might be interested to know that God says you're not supposed to do that. You read that over in the Old Testament. You can graft in like kind, but you're not supposed to graft different types. You're not supposed to put the two together. And there are all kinds of rules about how you're supposed to plant your gardens too. But you're not supposed to mix certain things with other things, etc. But that's another, that's another subject. But he says, you can know the truth by knowing the fruit. Grapes and thorns and figs and thistles. 
But where do you get grapes? You get grapes from a grapevine. That's what a grapevine is supposed to produce, grapes. Amen? Amen. And consider all of the wonderful fruit that, that God has provided for us. And here's the other thing. The Christian is supposed to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit, which is multifaceted. And you can read that over in the, the fifth chapter in the book of Galatians. Love, peace, joy, patience, all of those. Long-suffering, right? Patience. And then that last one, self-control. Self-control. Why is it that in these days we see so many people who are out of control? Just out of control. With this leak from the, uh, the Supreme Court. And these people just losing You hear people talking about they want democracy, right? Democracy. Yes, democracy. The United States is a constitutional republic with a democratic form of government. That means that the people are supposed to vote. I find it so interesting. Really, it's, it's, it's tragic. And so many years ago, over in California, they took a vote on gay marriage, right? Because they thought if, if it was going to pass anywhere, it would pass in California. Because the news and Hollywood wanted you to believe that the majority of people actually supported them. So when they took the vote, oh my goodness, overwhelmingly, it was defeated. So they, they couldn't accept that, so they had to do another vote. And it was overwhelmingly defeated again. So what did the lawmakers do? They implemented it anyway. See, that's not, that's not democracy. That's tyranny. That is tyranny. And so with this leak, most people don't even realize that what the court is saying is that the vote should go back to the states and that the, that the citizenry should vote whether or not they want that in their state. That's real democracy where the people actually get to vote. Ah, but why all the complaining? Because you see, if it's, if it's passed at the federal level, then the federal budget can support it. And people can make lots of money. Ravenous wolves. Ravenous wolves becoming wealthy at the expense, the death of an innocent, helpless baby. The Lord says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. The world wants you to believe that life begins at birth. No, life begins in the heart of God. Life begins in the heart of God. The judgment of false teachers and unbelievers. Notice what Jesus said. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
What is he talking about there? He's talking about the judgment of hell. More than anyone else, Jesus preached and taught hell. Hell is real. This is not hell. This is earth. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hell is real. And it is the destination of those who reject God's truth. And it is the destination of the false prophets. And the person who, who pretends to be a believer and is not a genuine believer. We bear the responsibility to acknowledge truth. God's people are to be truthful. And we're supposed to be able to tell the difference between right and wrong. Notice what he says here in the second point. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And what is God's will? What is the Father's will? The Bible is full of God's will. People crying about, well, what is God's will? God's will is for you to accept his Son. God's will is for every individual to accept Christ as Savior. There is no other Savior. That is his will. But there are many facets to his will, and that, that word, will, and there are several, there are several words that are translated will in the Bible, both from the Hebrew language and the, and the Greek, and each one is just a little different. And maybe on a Wednesday we'll have a study on that and we'll look at all of the different facets of, of will. You see, over in the book of, uh, of Peter, he says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In other words, it is God's desire. You understand? That's the word that's used in the Greek there. It is his desire that everyone be saved. But what does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that not everyone is going to be saved. You follow? He's willing, God's desire is that everyone be saved, but he also knows that not everyone is going to be saved. Yet, it's still his desire. And that is true. See, there are people out there who have preached, and they preach what is called a universal salvation. Jesus died on the cross because the Bible says he died for the whole human race. And so everybody is saved and it doesn't matter what you believe or how you live. You can live any old way you want to and you can believe anything you want to believe but he died on the cross for the whole human race and so the whole human race is saved. And everybody's going to go to heaven. And so all of these missionaries that are going all around the world, they don't need to go anywhere. They don't need to do that. Is that what the Bible teaches? No. All you have to do is read the 28th chapter in the book of Matthew. Verses 18, 19, and 20. Referred to as the Great Commission. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and teach them whatsoever I have taught you, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Making disciples, right, to the glory of God. Why? Because people need to be saved. They need to hear the gospel message. 
But notice what he says to these people here. He says, I never knew you. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine dying, going before the Lord, and the Lord saying, I never knew you. Stop for a moment and let, let that sink into your heart, into your soul. I never knew you. And then notice their response. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did many wonders in your name. You know, you, you hear so many of these guys on TV. And, and they like to travel around the, the country and even around the world. Miracle services, they call them, right? Miracle services. So many. So many of them. Riding in those Rolls Royces. Yeah. And Jesus said the greatest was John the Baptist. How did he dress? Right? How, how did he dress? And how did he speak? He certainly wasn't politically correct. But he preached and proclaimed the truth. He preached and he proclaimed the truth. And he dared to stand up and, and tell the king that he was a sinner committing adultery. And that got him thrown into prison and his head cut off. Because the world does not like to hear the message of the truth. Yet Christians are to stand up for the truth. Now these people thought that because they did all these deeds, right, that they earned the way to heaven. You cannot earn your way to heaven. Because you are a sinner. I am a sinner. We are all sinners. We're all guilty. You say, yes, preacher, you don't have to remind me of that. The Bible says that, that God loves us all. Yes. He loves us all. But we bear the responsibility to come to Him in faith, acknowledging that He is perfect God and that we are sinners in need of His grace. There are lots of people who look to wonders. Wonders. And yet he says, depart from me. Christ, the solid rock. True wisdom. Now notice what Jesus says in verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. You see, faith is an act of will. It is a choice that we make. We choose, we choose to act upon what God has revealed to us. So you may be here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Know this. If you do not accept Jesus as your Savior, and I, and I say this with, with love, not from, not from anger or from a position of holier than thou, no, but pleading as the Scripture says, give your heart and your life to the Lord who loves you and who gave himself for you. You will never know the blessing of God in your life 
the way that he wants you to know it without knowing his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Savior. He says, give your heart to him. Give your heart to him. True wisdom is knowing the Lord as revealed in his word. We mentioned last week that God is the giver of every good gift. Everything that is good. Because God is good. We don't have to ask for his love. We already have his love. And he offers us his grace. But we must come to him and ask him to come in for our heart to be our Lord and Savior. That you must do. That is a choice. You hear the message. It's God speaking to your heart, saying, come, and I will forgive you. And I will come into your heart, into your life, and develop a relationship with you. But you must make the choice. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Oh, you can do all kinds of things, all kinds of good things. The Bible says, yes, you, you can do all kinds of good things. Those things will not get you to heaven. Only accepting Christ into your life as your Savior will get you to heaven. Natural events, notice, natural events impact everyone. One guy builds his house on the rock. Now, who is the rock? Jesus is the rock. He's called the rock of ages. Amen? That's the foundation. He is the foundation upon which we're to build our lives. We build our lives on Christ the solid rock. But there are people who want to build their lives on the shifting sand, the philosophies of this world. They want you to believe that Christianity is just one religion along with all these other religions and that they're all the same. That is not true. That is a lie of the devil. A lie of the devil. The politicians want you to believe that America always viewed all religions as equal. That is not true. That is not true. Early on, I shared this with the uh, Sunday school class. Early on, the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court said we have no king in this country because we already have a king. His name is Jesus Christ. Oh, if you study history, and there are those who want to, they want to, to, to erase real history and rewrite it. That's what's happened in every country that has gone under and been taken over by socialism and communism. It's terrible. And God's people are to stand up for the truth. Yes, are there some horrible things in the, in the history of the U.S.? Yes, but there are some beautiful things as well. And this country has been blessed because it was founded upon the truth contained in God's holy word. Natural events impact everyone. We all suffer. Yet the Lord promises this. If you've built your life upon him, you will live forever. Well, this body will go into the ground. Yes, but the real you lives forever. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
And then the day will come when the rapture occurs, whenever that occurs, and those who are living upon the earth and those who have already died, amen, those bodies are going to be transformed, translated, and taken up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Now notice, foolishness results in disastrous consequences. And we're almost done. The person who builds his life upon foolishness is a fool. That is how the Bible describes it. The fool had said in his heart, there is no that is what the world teaches. And sadly, many in science teach that. And yet science is supposed to be about the truth. Right? The pursuit of truth. Truth. So what is Jesus teaching in this portion of the sermon as we sum it up? Listen to the Lord's instruction. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. He says that to Israel and he says that to us, to the church. And he goes on to say, love God with all your heart. That is the core of your being. The very core of your being, all that you are. You are to love him, your soul, that is your life. The Bible says God breathed into the man and the man became a living soul. A living being. Love him with all of your life. Your life is to reflect him. Your life is to bring honor to him. Your life is to manifest his truth, the mind, the understanding. We gain understanding by studying God's word and being sensitive to God the Holy Spirit as he reveals and illuminates the truths that are found in God's word. With all of your strength, all of your ability, and when faced with difficulty, you're committed to him. You persevere and you endure. And then he goes on and he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. So remember the golden rule, the royal law? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, if we just did that in the United States, my goodness. How different would life be? You ever thought of, you know, cutting your neighbor's lawn? Or helping them pull weeds? Or helping them paint their house? Or whatever the case might be. Just being nice. Just being helpful. And lastly, be an authentic Christian. You know, we're supposed to be different. We are supposed to be different. Do you know that we're not supposed to dress like the people in the world dress, like the unbeliever dress? No. And here's one for you, too. We shouldn't have all kinds of weird and wild hairstyles like those who are unbelievers. And that's actually in the, in the scripture. As the Apostle Paul writing to the churches. Because that was a problem in those days too. 
You say, what? The holiness? And it says that Christians are supposed to dress respectfully and discreetly. Not showing off everything that we have. But oh, the world likes to do that. You go to so many churches, like going, you think that you're, you know, watching some models on a, on a runway. Not supposed to be that way. We're to be discreet and respectful and decent and godly, holy people. Clean. Someone asked me once, they said, well, why do you always wear a suit? Why do you? I said, because I'm an ambassador for the Lord and I represent him. And wherever I go, I represent him. Now, when the kids were young, they used to be embarrassed because I'd cut the lawn in shorts and cowboy boots. <laughs> but I had a purpose for that, see? <laughs> because the, I didn't want the weed eater, you know, the lie from the weed eater to hit my legs. <laughs> but we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. The invitation is God's invitation to you. If you're here today and you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, you need to accept him today. You are not promised tomorrow, and hell is real, but heaven is as well. And God desires for you to be near with him. Come to him. He loves you. We're going to stand and sing softly and tenderly. Amen. Jesus is called. You come to the Lord. And maybe you've been attending, but you, you've not joined officially. We invite you to come. Serve the Lord Jesus. Let's sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.